Hi, this is Kenny, and before we start this microcast, I just wanted to make a quick note that we did have some Pamela issues in recording this microcast. Uh, it seemed that my audio was recorded a little bit faster than Jen and Rick when we were all talking together, and it seems like I'm talking over them quite a bit, uh, which I'm really not that rude, um, but um, I don't think it's too bad. I just wanted to make a note, and also there's sound like there's microphone issues, so uh, this wasn't our best recording, but hopefully you guys can still enjoy it. So uh, let's take a listen to The Ready Room, number 54. Hi, and welcome to The Ready Room, the Treks in Sci-Fi microcast. I'm Rick, and I play Counselor Margon, the ship's counselor on the Arabella. I'm Jen, and I play Dr. Ryla Drett and Commander Savril. And this is Kenny, and I play the captain, Nathan Quinn. Welcome, we're back! Yay! And that was much before. <laughs> it's been so long since I've talked to you guys. I know. I've been forever. I miss you guys, you guys did. You I guys did like two podcasts. No, you did one without me, right? And then we did two yeah. kind of. Rick did one, and then I did one. They were kind mm -hmm. of. But we all actually. Did we all them did them. Yeah, we all part of, but we never it. talked to each other. <laughs> right. You know, it wasn't one big together family I thing. Know. We didn't Skype or. No, it's just super busy, 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 busy people. It was a moment of loneliness <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> we're back together again. So. Hi, I'm Rick. I'm addicted to podcasting. <laughs> Hello, Rick. <laughs> Hi, Rick. Hi, Rick. <laughs> I'm a podcastaholic. Uh, aren't we all? I Isn't guess. it funny I that all are. three of us now have our own podcasts? Besides yeah, this one. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. still I'm I'm still amazed though, coming you know, talking to people and, and coming into the, the whole idea of podcasting. People don't even get it. Still. Yeah. Still. I have to explain. You know, time. the best thing that I ever heard, though, was from, I think it was, was it Eric that, or was it Eric or Chris that said, podcasting is digital on demand audio? Yeah. You, that was Chris. Yeah. yeah. Chris. Good job, Chris, because that's helped me tremendously to explain it to people. And now I've got people mm -hmm. that would have never listened to a podcast listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. So, and that gets it into the, you know, people 40, 40 and older. <laughs> Need to hear that because they don't. They don't usually. They don't figure out that they could. Listen. I think a lot of people are starting to listen to the different podcasts that we're doing because we're we're talking about it more and they they can they can uh, get into the technology. It's not so hard, you know. It's not. I mean, not if you do iTunes. You know, yeah. it's very simple. Yeah, well, yeah. you can get it from um, Podcast Alley or Podcast Book. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can like go that. to any of those places, so, but you know. Mm -hmm. And I think don't we all have? I mean, you can just go to our sites and click on it. And yes, right. we all have direct downloads. Same yeah. thing with Treks and Sci-Fi. You can just click right on the direct thing, and there you yeah. go. Yeah, so it's, it's, so it's becoming not, it's more and more, you know, uh, successful. It's more well. It's and becoming more known now. Yeah, well, thanks to Comcast and and TiVo and all these other things that have got the the video on demand type of stuff. It, it just total. They've done the advertising for yeah. us. So we just explain it that way. It works. Yeah. So here we are. We are back. So uh, this is the Ready Room number fifty four. You're moving up, and uh, there's been quite a lot happening. Wow, um, talk about it. <laughs> I think we, we haven't discussed, what, the last, like, 250 posts? 
Oh, no, oh, I'm yeah. joking. It's not that much. We're up to we're only up to like Almost. 145 right now. So we, okay, 145. It's probably 105. Yeah, 140 of them. <laughs> yeah. We haven't talked about. Um, yeah. And uh, this was our shore leave season, where we decided to dock the ship and and let everyone kind of just do their own thing. And man, have they really done their own thing? They have. Um, I, I I can say truthfully from at the very beginning, I did not expect any of this to happen. All I knew is Quinn was going to go on vacation, and that, and that I accomplished. But everything else that's happened on board, I had no clue this was going to happen. Wow! So it's, it's well, been great. And you say this was this was uh, leave? Right? Yes, it was short leave. This, this is short yeah. leave. And, and, and I have to apologize to everybody. In my case, it was character leave. <laughs> well, that was the I same. With, going on yeah, that was now. the same with me too. I mean, we both kind of just disappeared. Um, I uh, I was lucky enough to be able to make my character disappear, so he was on yeah. leave. Yeah, uh, I didn't it's come okay up with anything. Too, it works out. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. so many other things. There's more than enough story going. Yeah, on. I mean, yeah. we don't need. There's lots. Of stuff. Yeah, we can always pick up with with Margot stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he could say this is what happened. Exactly. In the past, you know. That's right. He was busy working on an audio drama for his own. He was on- <laughs> <laughs> and he's rather blue about it all. But um. But um, sorry, I need to rub the ridge on my forehead. <laughs> oh, feel better now. So, um, where should we start? Just, I guess we could just Yikes. pick a person. And, yeah, I guess. Well, what, yeah, we could do that I mean, and talk. About I think that would be doing. the easiest. Mm-hmm. You want, do, should we just play the post and then talk about them? Is that what we're gonna do? Oh, is that what you? Yes, want? let's do that first. So, um, yeah. we have a few more uh, readings. Uh, this should take you all the way up to the most current story. I think there was one or two that was posted after after I signed out posts, but this will be pretty much, this will take us up pretty far. So um, why don't we take a listen to uh, the post readings? Accessing library computer data. Initiating the story so far. Enter when ready. A gentle breeze drifted over his face as his ship's transporter beamed him into the corner of the restaurant. Now visible to everyone, he pulled out a chair and sat down and nodded to the waiter. Looking down at his wrist, he concentrated on a small scanner and watched the red bleep gently glow bigger and bigger. The complimentary glass of water was placed in front of him and as the waiter moved away, the old man had appeared. Lifting the glass to his lips, the cold liquid gently swept down and his eyes stayed locked on the mysterious old man. Guldar stops just inside the door of his starbase quarters and looks around the darkened room. A little illumination was provided by the two small windows on the far side of the living space, but a gentle wash of grey they offered nothing to aid visual recognition. The system's sun was on the other side of the station, so distant starlight was all that was available here. The wash of colour from the doorway was more use sweeping dramatically into the room and highlighting a trapezoid area of carpeting flooring, excepting the pair of Ferengi-shaped shadows that stretched off both left and right from his feet. Lights, he muttered. As the internal illumination brightened, revealed a sparse room, empty of anything that might identify an occupant. Very few personal effects were on display, and if there was any clothing in the room, it was all stored away. To the uninitiated, it would probably appear that these quarters were unoccupied. Guldar remained in the doorway for a moment, staring absently in the direction of the replicator and the doorway to the sanitary facilities. He'd occupied this space for four months, 
but it had never been home. Now, it never would be. He stepped forward and allowed the door to close. With a slightly guilty start, he realised that for the first time in ages, he was looking forward to his future. His conversation with Commander Radrek still echoed in his mind, and he accepted that there was more than a grain of truth in what the older Vulcan had said. Looking at logically, he had no reason to suppose that Starship service as an ensign would be any more interesting than station service in terms of general duties. Outside of that, however, given the Starship's mandate for general exploration and the record of this particular ship and crew, there was the potential for things to be a lot more interesting, he hoped. Moving to the bed, Gul'dar sat for a moment, loosening then removing his tunic. Standing abruptly, he smiled hugely as he slowly and deliberately dropped off the garments onto the floor, an action he hadn't taken since leaving his homeworld. As he crossed to the replicator, fighting the urge to pick up his uniform and put it away, his smile became more rueful. He only hoped he'd been assigned a bunk with an officer who appreciated his normal tidy mannerisms, and one who was prepared to match them. Joseph watched out of the corner of his eye as Susan Kane folded his uniform that was brought from 416's infirmary. This is becoming a habit, and I don't mean you folding my clothes while I'm tucked up in bed. Susan spun around and smiled at him. Cheeky, very cheeky. How are you feeling? She asked in a soft tone. Joseph sat up and felt his sides. Not bad. A bit weak, and I have this terrible taste in my mouth. Have you been cooking again? A triangular-shaped pillow hit him straight in the face, and a burst of laughter came from the doorway. Lieutenant Dunn was standing in the ICU entry, leaning against the bulkhead. Boss, I'm starting to think you're jinxed. Susan chuckled. As she left the two men, she whispered to Dunn. Not long. He's putting on a brave face, but the poison has taken its toll. The freshly minted lieutenant nodded in understanding and headed to Joseph's bedside. Sir, it appears you were poisoned. Dr. Dredd has given me her findings, he said as he pulled up the stool and sat down. He passed a pad to Joseph. There have been some unusual activities reported on the station. I'm heading up the investigation, and I need to ask you a couple of questions if you're up to it. Joseph smiled, but looked stern as he read the brief with serious concentration. Go ahead, Chris. Dunn examined the second pad. Do you remember anything unusual? Joseph put the display device down and glanced at the young lieutenant. Well... I entered the station's promenade and went to buy some provisions for my shore leave. Headed to the shuttle bay, handed Ensign Geldar his transfer orders, entered a shuttle and waited for the pilot. No one came. I got bored and decided to get up and see what was taking him so long. I felt a surge of pain in my stomach. And that's all I remember. Dunn tapped the information into his pad. I know it's hard, sir, but can you think back? Was there anything unusual you remember occurring earlier that day? Takan looked down and concentrated. Suddenly, his eyes lit up. Wait. When I first boarded the station, I saw a strange blur out of the corner of my eye. It looked like a man. An old man. Then, when I was on the floor in the shuttle bay, just before losing consciousness, I saw another blur. But he was younger. I saw his eyes. Christopher. I saw my brother. Dunn stopped taking notes and looked up at Joseph. Your brother? But... Joseph put his hand on Dunn's arm. Chris, Theron works for Section 31. If he's back, it means something is askew. He was on a mission with... Well, that doesn't matter. But if he's come back here, you need to find him. Sir, if Section 31 is here, 
We could have a really big mess on our hands. Who do you think they're after? Ducalan pulled himself up. Who knows? He's a miserable bugger. Probably full of secrets and riddles as usual. Chris, let all personnel know that if he contacts the ship, they have my permission to let him aboard. I'm going to have to tell our enthusiastic XO what's going on, if I get out of this comfy bed. It may get rough soon. Dr. Peterson and Myella arrived on August 2 and headed to their cabin in the woods. Myella did not care for camping, so they compromised and rented a cottage for a couple of weeks. The cottage had the look of what one might find back in the 1800s on Earth, with the exception that this one had all the modern conveniences that they did not have back on Earth in the 1800s. The temperature was comfortable being in the mid-70s with a cool breeze blowing, and the cottage had a view of a lake which was breathtaking. Some exotic birds were singing and a few rodents that looked like squirrels scurried by, paying no attention to Casey or Myala as they foraged for food. Myala opened the cabin door, and she and Casey entered the cottage to find a fireplace going, and the table set with a meal waiting for them to consume. On the table was a note telling Myala and Casey to enjoy their meal, and that the guide would be around in the morning to take them on a tour of the facilities and orientate them to the wildlife preserve that their cottage was a part of. Casey pulled the chair out for his wife, who took her seat, followed by Casey, and they began to enjoy a nice lunch of some type of meat stew which reminded them of venison. The lunch was consumed in no time, and they unpacked and relaxed and watched the sunset fall behind some trees before they had dinner besides the fireplace and snuggled until the wee hours of the morning. He'd briefly contemplated carrying the bag over to the ship, but his stature combined with the bag's size meant that the decision to take advantage of his commission hadn't been hard. He tapped his chest. Galdart Arabella. Go ahead, Ensign, came the immediate response. One bag to beam aboard, please. Stand by. There was a pause, presumably while the transporter chief scanned his quarters. Acknowledged came the voice again, followed by a rising, ringing hum as the transporter beam took his bag and broke it down into its component atoms before his eyes. When it had completely faded out, he found himself exhaling with some force. He always held his breath during transport, but hadn't realized he was doing so now. Reaching behind him, he picked up the last item in the room that didn't belong on the station, the comm badge that had sat beside his bed since he'd rescued it from Nicholas Andrews' table. Tossing it from hand to hand, he thought back to that meeting. Nick had rushed out to fly the mission, leaving Galdar alone in his quarters with the badge in his hand. He'd actually felt guilty in taking it, a most unferengi sensation, and one he wasn't wholly comfortable with. It was with the ninth rule of acquisition echoing in his mind that he'd pocketed it. Opportunity plus instinct equals profit. Though what profit this act would bring him was anyone's guess. Watching the old man walk through the crowds, Fear and DeCallan followed him. The figure flickered every now and again and it was obvious that his cloaking unit was breaking down. Some of the station crew looked at him and moved away. Theron quickened his pace, but suddenly the man vanished. Checking his tracking bracelet, the red dot bounced from area to area. It was manic. The dot flashed and then grew bigger near the shuttle bays. With a sigh, Catan pushed himself away from the desk terminal. His monitor powered down, taking with it a brightly colored schematic of EPS conduits. He stood and stretched, 
working out the stiffness of the six-hour study session. Lieutenant Commander James was right, he thought. So many new protocols and procedures to adapt to. He grabbed a brown bag from his personal refrigerator as he headed to the door, his head still abuzz with power relay equations and flow diagrams. Except for the ever-present hum of the Arabella herself, the hallway outside his quarters was quiet. The pristine grays and earth tones of the corridor were warmly lit, but the soft panel lights did little to dispel the sense of loneliness that haunted the ship. With the bulk of the crew away on shore leave, the Arabella felt like an abandoned house. Catan shrugged off his melancholy as his thoughts drifted back to his new department. I knew the Arabella was cutting edge, but I had no idea that she was a testbed for such new technology. He grinned to himself. So much new material to learn. I almost feel like I'm back in the academy. As he neared the turbo lift, Catan's fingers trailed along the cool gray wall of the corridor. He imagined that he could almost feel the hum of power coursing through the hidden conduits. Such a marvelous ship, he thought. I look forward to getting to know you better, girl. The turbo doors slushed open at his approach. He stepped in and stated his destination. Sickbay. A warbling beep acknowledged his command, and the doors whispered closed. Catan was glad that his friend DeCallan was on the mend and looked forward to seeing him. And he had to admit the chance of running into Ryla again wasn't as unpleasant a prospect either. As the car buzzed towards Deck 5, the lights on the wall strobed in sync with its movement. Catan shifted impatiently, and the gentle clink of a glass bottle came from the brown sack in his hand. Calm settled over Eric as he lay resting in his bed. The lights were dimmed to the point of non-existence, with illumination provided by the stars and the stations outside the portholes. His mind had replayed several conversations that he had had of late, and each had drawn him into an unmistakable conclusion. He had been selfish to himself and those around him in attempting to pick up the life that he was cast into, and he could not continue to drag those he cared for down that path. Una, Eric projected into the void. We need to talk. Ryla pulled the divider around Savril's biobed. It would be nice to have a room devoted to deliveries one day. She regarded the Vulcan, who was now propped up in preparation. She looked flushed, her cheeks touched with olive. The doctor moved to her side and gave her the last hypo of pain reliever aloud. Too much would negatively affect the infant's health. Ryla anticipated a difficult delivery, but she was prepared. The trill had invited Ensign Spring Mackie Farmer to sickbay, and the Fertilian was standing by to relax and calm Savril should things become dire. She could sense the infant's impatience for their imminent birth and sent out a welcoming scent of lilac. Are you ready? Ryla asked the woman as she tied back the Vulcan's long raven locks. Cyril nodded in response. The control room of Shuttle Bay 4 was deserted when Gul'dar entered, which surprised him. It wasn't unusual for control to be empty, but protocol demanded it be locked down for the duration of any absence. From the state of the master control panel, it was clear that this instruction had been neglected. Looking out over the bay, Gul'dar could see no signs of occupation there either. That surprised him even more. From what he knew of the repair schedule, quite a lot should have been going on down there, with at least three crews in attendance having been rotated back from work aboard the Arabella. Starting to worry now, Gul'dar tapped his comm badge. 
Computer, locate Lieutenant Nicholas Andrews. The computer paused before responding. Lieutenant Andrews is in Shuttle Bay 4 control room. Almost by reflex, Gul'dar started to look around as if Nick was going to appear from the bulkhead unannounced. Problem, asked a laconic voice. Gul'dar pivoted on the spot and took in the sight of a strange man standing in the doorway. The ensign thought he looked similar to Lieutenant Commander Joseph de Callan, but then unfamiliar humans always look similar to his Ferengi eyes. I, uh, I don't know you. Who are you? The stranger walked forward and looked around the room. You, uh, friends with my brother. You can call me sir. You seem an easy ensign. Gul'dar looked him up and down. The, uh, the bay is deserted in the middle of a shift which is, uh, unusual. Uh, sir... He added slightly hesitantly at the lack of any visible sign of rank. As he looked around again, Gul'dar reached into his pocket and pulled out the combat receiver he'd acquired from Andrew's quarters and absently tossed it from hand to hand. It was a habit he'd picked up since he started carrying the badge and signified, to him at least, his efforts to solve the mystery it represented. De Carlin watched, amused. His expression changed to one of interest when, in mid-flight, the badge chirped and spoke. Andrews to Andrews, execute. The ensign stepped back in surprise and the badge fell to the floor, where it exploded with a puff of smoke and a small bang. As it was, it was harmless, had it been attached to, say, a small explosive device of some sort. As if taking this as a cue, the lights dimmed, red panels illuminated around the room, and the familiar wail of the red alert klaxon sounded throughout the Starfleet areas of the Starbase. From within the Arabella's sickbay, a shuddering howl accompanied the even tone of Ryla's encouragement. You're doing well, Cyril. A longer, fiercer cry followed as the Vulcan pushed again. From the other side of the divider, Mackie's concerned voice could be heard over the shouts of pain. You exaggerated, Ryla. Deliveries aren't all pony rides in May sunshine, are they? Sorry about that, said Ryla with a rueful smile as she checked the readouts of her tricorder. Voices clamoured over 416's comm system, fighting with one another to report a series of explosions taking place in all of the major station access points. Explosions in Shuttle Bay 1! Explosions in Shuttle Bay 2! Explosions in... No one seemed injured, and no hull breaches were reported, but an awful lot of shuttle bays and landing pads had just been taken out of commission. The stranger looked out at the bay, and then back at the Ferengi. Nothing had exploded in Shuttle Bay 4. This is Theo and Callan to Arabella. He barked, striking a concealed combat. Secure the shuttle bays and close down all axes from the station. We appear to have an incident taking place over here. Aye, sir, came the somewhat startled voice of the watch officer. In an echo of his actions a few days earlier, Gul'dar grabbed a hand phaser from the weapons locker and shambled through the bay doors to the catwalk. If all the other shuttle bays were being attacked, which is what appeared to be going on, there was a good chance something was about to occur here. The Callum was close on his heels, weapon already drawn. He wasn't close enough. The pressure door from the bay he shut with a snap and then locked and sealed itself. Cursing, Theron spun and headed back to the other control room entrance. There was more than one way onto a hangar deck. Gordar glanced back at the sound of the doors, but didn't halt in his descent at the flight deck. Something was definitely wrong. He got as far as the first line of shuttles when he was blown to the deck by an explosion. Concussive pressure was not pleasant for a Ferengi due to their overly sensitive ears. The inevitable result was unconsciousness, as Gul'dar discovered just before his head hit the floor a second later. Sickbay echoed with Savril's cries of pain, her shrill voice ringing in the staff's ears. Dr. Drett was careful to keep her voice calm. Mackie, that's your cue. 
The fertilian emitted the sweet fragrance of jesper blossoms in full bloom, blended with the aroma of rain-swept air. Cyril whined quietly in between measured breaths. Good, said Ryla as she passed her tricorder over the woman. You're doing fine, Cyril. Push. The Vulcan clenched her jaw and groaned in pain as she bore down again. A whining disturbed Goldar as he swam his way back up to consciousness. His bed was particularly uncomfortable this morning. It felt almost like deck plating. His eyes opened suddenly and he found himself an inch away from the warp nacelle of a Type 8 shuttle. He liked ships, but this was stupid. As he sat up, the wine increased in pitch and his adult brain finally registered the noise as an unfamiliar class of engine spalling up. He worked his way unsteadily to his knees and, peering round the front of the craft, he collapsed beside, saw the open door of the Tellerite shuttle, with Nicholas Andrews crouching in the doorway. From the station door, he could hear voices which snapped into sudden clarify as three individuals round in the corner, unknown weapons visible in their hands of at least two of them. Nick straightened and waved them towards him, shouting. Guldar stooped to retrieve his drop phaser. With no idea what was going on, his options were limited. Considering that someone had just blown their way into a Starfleet shuttle bay on a Federation station, however, he felt he had a certain freedom of action. Taking a bead on the leading individual, Guldar pressed a stud on his weapon and fired. A beam of orange energy lanced out, striking the first of the civilians full in the chest and pushing him back against the nearest ship before he fell to the floor. Stunned. The others stopped, dropped to the deck, trying to work out who was shooting and why. Grabbing sideways on all fours, they disappeared behind the Telerite ship in the search for cover. It was a surprise to everyone in the bay when another whine sounded and a beam from the doorway took a second man in the shoulder, dropping him to the deck. Thier and Decalan stepped into view. Weapon raised and fired again, but he missed this time. Guldar raised his weapon to take a shot, but a beam of energy splashed off the nose of the ship he sheltered behind and quickly changed his mind. Startled, he saw Nick in a shuttle doorway readying his weapon for another shot. Guldar ducked. There were no descriptions that could accurately illustrate the agony associated with childbirth. The screams that often attended such events conveyed this pain better than words, and perhaps more precisely, than even telepathy could express. Yet Mackie's influence soothed her misery and connected her mind to another's gentle effect. The thoughts she could now perceive did not come from the women standing nearby but from beyond the walls of sickbay. It was a voice that she had heard only once, and only hours before. Eric James was singing a prayer for her, a gullic hymn that only she could hear. Savril fell back against the raised portion of the biobed with a wail, her chest heaving with toil. The first baby was close to crowning. With a sudden wail, the space door alarm sounded, startling both Goldar and the Callan. The remaining fugitive and older man took the opportunity of the distraction offered and dived for the shuttle door, hitting the mechanism and closing it behind him as he did so. Two phaser beams splashed off it as it glided along the side of the shuttle and settled into its recessed housing, but if either officer hoped for a ricochet into the shuttle, they were disappointed. With a roar of thrusters, the ship lifted from the deck. Guldar had to admit that the Tellarites built shuttles with a certain majestic quality, to Ferengi eyes at least, and he took a moment to admire the vessel as it began to make somewhat slow and stately progress towards the space doors. It looked like Nick Andrews had never flown a ship like this before. Theron, running up behind Guldar, shouted above the noise of the shuttle engines. We need to get out, now! Standard Tellarite shields won't mesh with the door field. They'll need to take it down to get in a space. Guldar tapped his comm badge. Computer, lock out remote access to space door force field shuttle bay 4. Authorization, Guldar Blue Omega 7. 
Lockout in place. Closed space door, shuttle bay 4. Unable to comply. Remote lock out in place. The shuttle continued to move towards the door, starting to accelerate. Gul'dar's mouth gaped in incomprehension. The shuttle was unarmed, with its weapon restored in the secure storage locker. The field was locked in place to anyone not in the control room. Andrews must know the way was barred. His mouth snapped shut as he remembered the open storage locker from a few days before and Andrews almost simultaneously arrival in the control room. He dived for the deck as a pair of energy beams lanced out from the nose of the shuttle, intercepting the shield generators to either side of the bay doors. The field failed under the energy onslaught and a sudden breeze rapidly became a gale. Aboard the Arabella, Ryla Dret smiled as the first child drew breath and the voices of mother and child cried out in harmony. Mackie noted that his sister was already missing her wombmate and sought to join him as soon as possible. Now, said Ryla. Savril roared as the next child began her way into the light. Furendi Callan to Arabella, emergency transport now, he roared into the thinning atmosphere. Gul'dar felt the transporter beam take him as the sound of the venting atmosphere faded in his ears and the oxygen thinned in his lungs. This was going to be close. From the corner of his eye, he saw the bodies of the stunned civilians, also enveloped in the glow of a transporter initiation. As the shuttle bay faded out around him, Gul'dar's last thought was that for a disarmed shuttle. This one had done an awful lot of damage. It's a girl, said Ryla as she placed the baby in Savril's arms. James to operations, Eric shouted, in between pulling on his tunic and racing down the sparsely occupied corridor of Deck 3. What the hell's going on up there? The muffled sounds of the acting XO's boots striking the carpeted path managed to generate a soft echo during his race to the turbo lift. His dark hair was still a mess from the brief nap he had allowed himself, and the velocity at which he threw himself down the hall did nothing to help him in dressing. Ops here, sir, replied the voice of Ensign Tobis, the current watch officer. We received a priority contact from a Theron to Callan to lock down the shuttle bays and engage in emergency transport. Eric growled as he entered the turbo lift. There is no Theron to Callan serving aboard this vessel, Ensign, and none in command on the station. Send two security teams to meet our guest, and on your off-duty hours, please review the proper protocols regarding the command structure of this ship. James out. Bridge, Eric commanded. Had he been in a better mood, he might have waited to hear the Ensign's reply. But the breach was unacceptable. Someone not in the chain of command had managed to not only give orders to his crew, but to have them followed. This was more than a security breach. It could very well be a deadly mistake. Once the lift stopped and opened on the lightly staffed bridge, Eric immediately turned his attention to the Bajoran Ensign Tobis. Eric couldn't help but notice the sweat on a brow as crinkled as his nose. The Ensign's frustration was obvious on his face. Sir, security has been dispatched, Tobis said in an unsure voice. Eric nodded. Thank you, Ensign. You are now relieved of duty until a performance evaluation can be conducted. Please report to your quarters. Shock danced over the Ensign's face for a brief moment before being schooled behind an officer's bearing. Aye, sir. Eric nodded and then moved over to the operations station that the crestfallen young Ensign vacated. Eric's fingers rapidly moved over the console to open a communications channel to the station. This is Lieutenant Commander James to station security. An incident has been reported on the station and we would like to be brought up to speed. Joseph sat up in bed and glanced at his security monitor. He still felt weak, but he knew he would have to tell Eric what he had just been told. The Carolyn to Commander James. Eric barred back. Which one? Joseph looked up and shook his head. He'd heard the sounds and knew that this was bound to be something his brother had done. Joseph, sir, I've just received notification that my brother Theron is here. 
I know, Lieutenant Commander. He's been barking orders about locking down shuttle bays and who knows whatever. I want an explanation. Eric turned to see a slightly out of breath Lieutenant Dunn exiting the turbo lift. Ah, sir. Lieutenant Commander DeCallan sent me down to let you know that his brother would be... Simultaneously, both Eric and Josie spoke. You're You're too too late. late. Dunn looked slightly shocked. He had to take a reroute as several turbo lifts were still not working due to repairs. Eric concentrated back to the conversation with Joseph, his tone calmer. What's going on, Joseph? Sir, when I passed out on the station, the last person I saw was Theron, my brother. Unfortunately, he works for Section 31. Continue. Eric rubbed his face and groaned. He was more than tired of the pseudo-secret organisation and the threat they were to the Federation's ideals. They were nothing more than thugs with an artificial sense of power and none of that was granted by the Federation that he served. It was becoming a tie in his head as to which was the greater threat to the Federation, Section 31 or the Borg. If he is here, it means there is trouble. Or I gave him access to come aboard the Arabella and then this happened. Eric headed towards sickbay when the transporter chief contacted him. Sir? Theron DeCallan and Ferengi Starfleet Officer Goldar are now in transport of Room 1. Eric didn't hesitate. I'm on my way. Security should be arriving shortly. Please keep an eye on our guests until then. If anyone else requests an emergency transport, keep them in the pattern buffer until we can get this mess sorted out. James, out. Eric looked to the Dunn before proceeding back to the lift. You have ops until the replacement arrives. As the transporter beam whispered around Theron and Gul'dar, Theron's eyes stayed locked on the fading shuttle until it was replaced with the grey transporter room of the Arabella. He jumped down from the dais as soon as he was released, to be confronted by a pair of security guards. The guards spoke first. Commander James has instructed us to keep you here until he arrives, sir. Theron slapped the officer on the back. Do you know my brother? He's head of security, etc, etc. The security guards glanced at each other and the taller went to speak but was interrupted by Theron. He's a good old stick there, younger brother of mine. <laughs> we need a fully working shuttlecraft. I'm guessing your tractor beams are still down and I'm hoping no one's blown your shuttle bay apart. The taller officer nodded but interjected. Sir, there is a shuttle available in the main bay and that part of the ship is fully operational but I must insist that. Gul'dar chirped in. It's okay, Ensign. I know the way. Having studied the plans of the Arabella, not to mention his earlier duty shift aboard, Gul'dar felt he knew this place at the back of his hand. Of course, he took the wrong turn as soon as he got to a cross corridor, but quickly corrected himself. As they rounded the corner on the approach of the bay, Gul'dar spoke up. For what it's worth, sir, I believe the Arabella shuttle bay was targeted in the attack. The device that blew up in my hand was acquired from Lieutenant Andrew's quarters after a shift aboard this ship. I guess he intended to leave it aboard. He fell silent for a minute. The explosive must still be in Jeffrey's tube 77, he said quietly. They moved on in silence until they entered the shuttle bay and headed to their craft. Theron tapped his comm badge. Theron to Callum to Joseph to Callum. Joseph answered. How come whenever we meet up, I end up in bed? On your own, brother? Yes. I'm in sickbay again, as well as you know. And what are you doing now? Have you seen Commander James? I don't have time for protocol. Do you have a monitor nearby? I'll send you all my info. Theron stopped at a wall terminal and held his wrist against the blank plexiglass. Suddenly, information and details copied to the subframe and Theron sent them to Joseph's personal records. In sickbay, Joseph keyed in his security code and the information from Theron came zooming in. The first thing he saw was the name Carvum. Tapping his comm badge, he simply said, You found our father. As Theron and Gul'dar turned the corner, standing in front of them with his arms folded and two further guards behind him, stood Commander Eric James. Greetings, gentlemen. 
Eric said and added a full smile. His eyes held the anger that he felt as he motioned to the guards to draw their weapons. You have ten seconds to explain why these men shouldn't escort you to the brig, and it had better be good. The sight of the two men away from the transport room irritated the XO to no end. Perhaps the Universal Translators were malfunctioning when he issued orders to the chief. Was detaining two people that hard to accomplish? This was not the day he imagined having, and the inability to follow protocols had been amazingly poor for the crew. The presence of a rogue agent from the legal organization only added to his ire. All right, so uh, that was it. Wow. Lots and lots of stuff happening. I want to go, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yeah, especially this last half is really just chuck full of action. 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 You know, I mean, it's, a lot of, it's been yeah. great stuff all, you know, for the past, you know, 100 posts. But this last little yeah. group, man, it's just been nonstop. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week's Ready Report. <laughs> <laughs> Keldar! Yeah. <laughs> Such good stuff. Oh, and these readings. I can't believe some of these readings. They're great. I mean, these, you know, when we first started out on this, it was just kind of like a nice, simple blah, 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 blah. You know, just reading the post. Now people are putting sound effects and making voices and unbelievable stuff. You guys yeah, all should be, fun. you know, commended on, on the work that you guys do. It's just been fantastic listening to these. What I love about the ready room and how it's evolved into what it is, is it's, it's like sitting around a campfire at night when you're camping and people telling stories as they go around in a circle. Mm-hmm. And I love that. There's something – I don't know what it is. Maybe it's story time or bedtime, you know, when you're going to bed and you're listening to – I mean, and I know we listen at all different yeah. times. But if there's a comfort to having a story read to you that I just – I love that when I was in high school or in, and in junior high when the teachers would take time to just read yeah. to us mm-hmm. because it just brought it brought my imagination alive. That's why I like audio books. I was going to say, say the same thing. That's why I love my audio books because that's the same thing. I mean I like reading obviously but it's so much – I don't know. You get a different dimension when you're actually hearing it read to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think – I think my most vivid rem- memory of like audiobooks and stuff was when they had LPs. Yes, the big black <laughs> things with a hole in the middle, the tiny little hole. Um, and I got the Rankin and Bass, the oh, Hobbit, yeah. uh, um, LP yeah. with Orson Bean, I think. You know, and they they had a da 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 da. I don't know if you remember the themes to that and everything, but they had great music in it and stuff. And I would list, mm-hmm. I would tape that onto a little Montgomery Ward's tape recorder. Uh, with a cassette tape and listen to it when I go to sleep at night because I just love the, yeah. I just love the stories and everything. Yeah. So it's very cool. I, that's I think what the Ready Room is so successful as far as people enjoying it and reading yeah. or listening to the reading. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and let's start talking about some of the storylines that are going on. Let's let's okay. let's start with uh, Joseph DeCollin. Wow. Oh, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now I'm, I'm not. Happens. Poor Joseph, I know. He has bad luck. <laughs> he does, a poor guy. I mean, well, I mean, the big thing was he was poisoned and a near death, which I mm-hmm. just I want to commend both Eugene and Rick. That scene with Ryla running down the hall and then the the music that you put under it was was one of my favorite moments during one of the ready rooms. Cool. It so heightened the entire intensity of of her trying to, you know, and then she realizes, wait, I should just transport. You know, after all that time of running with with Susan Kane down the the corridors, it was like, what are we doing? Yeah, we should just transport. (laughs) Uh, Just the music was so tense, and it was it was such a great moment. 
Thanks. Uh, yeah, it was funny because that that pro- that thought process occurred as I was running. I'm like, this is stupid. Why is she running? Why are we running? Mercy transport. <laughs> it was very good. Very good. And then there's this wonderful setting on my keyboard called uh, Modern Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And it basically is having the soundtrack of Lost on your keyboard. Nice. And so I can hit a button and, you know, the lower registers will do this, like, <laughs> sounds. And then the upper register is like, <laughs> you know, like spastic <laughs> piano playing. And then there's some violins in the middle register. So you can just combine them all and it makes it really tense and scary. Yeah, very cool. So anyways, he was he was, he was was poisoned. Um, mm-hmm. Do we, we really don't know who yet. Or I guess we kind of do. I do, but no one. Okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> I assume the old man did it, and it wasn't some bad peanut butter. Yeah, salmonella poisoning. <laughs> Look, it's the old man from scene seventy-three. <laughs> so yeah, so but we don't know who this old man is really. I do. Mm-hmm. I think, even though I haven't been told, I think I already know. But um, mm-hmm. well, if you've been following, yeah, then you kind of get, you yeah. Know. Um, but he was he did survive, obviously. Uh, Riley worked her magic. Well, actually, the station doctor. He saved. He he saved him. I didn't want Ryla to be super. But I thought Ryla is that suggested so. it was a poison. Poisoning. Yeah. Well, yes, technically, she, she yeah. saved him because if she didn't say, you know, it was a poisoning, he wouldn't have tested her for. Uh, test Look for. up in the air. It's a stethoscope. <laughs> it's super doctor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but he he's okay now, so that's good. But uh, come to find out that. Uh, his brother is aboard. Theron. Yeah. Yes. Section 31. Operative. And he's running a havoc all over the ship and the star base. And he's a nasty and, little guy. And Joseph DeColin gave him access to the Arabella. What was mm-hmm. up with that? I'll wait until Quinn gets a hold of him. Someone's in. Trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we just promoted him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. I think I'm. I see a demotion coming. I think you <laughs> should. Or a very his, stern talking to. I, you should use his cricket bat. Is what you should. Oh, do. he's spanking him with in it. So much trouble. Whack. He, he doesn't even know. I mean, you guys. Well, Quinn is nice and calm and tranquil most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you don't give access codes to the Arabella. Jeez. Not to your brother. Well, I don't know that he gave them to him. He is Section Thirty One, and David Locke was on. Not too long ago. Yes. Yeah. But well, but it's undercover for the Federation, and I don't know if you know this or not, but he, uh, Darren DeColin and David Locke are partners. Yes, I remember. Oh yeah, I forgot. David Locke is Cyril's husband. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be interesting. still he. That, that may be how oh, he got onto the ship. Yeah, but but he's. I mean, the fact that he uh, wait, the whole crew is going to get reprimanded. The fact that <laughs> that he's getting commands to the Arabella, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll. We'll yeah, do this. Come we'll be aboard. aboard. I'm like, who is this person? What? You don't beat anybody who just says, oh, can, you know, can I come aboard your ship? They're like, sure, <laughs> come on. Well, Commander James is, Lieutenant Commander James is taking care of business oh, right now. He, yes, but you know what? Because he needs to cover his butt. Because he's yes. in command of the ship. He's the XO. He's acting XO. I am mad. I was reading this stuff, and I'm like, oh, I just want to start replying. As Quinn. I have Quinn coming back to the ship now. <laughs> He's on a shuttlecraft already heading back to the ship. I was like, stay tuned next week when Captain <laughs> Quinn kicks butt. I'm like, hey, you know, he has to cover his own butt, um, uh, Eric, because, you know, this looks bad on him. This is all happening on his watch. Quinn thought, you know what? I'm going to go on a nice two-week shore leave. 
all of a sudden he gets, you know, a message from Starfleet. Oh, you know, you're, there's an explosion on the Starbase. There's a potential Agent 31 running around, or Section 31 running around your ship. Um, and then we have, oh, just so much stuff. It's going to be so great. Much stuff. for a good story. Oh, it? yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just wait. They're all going to get well, it. I, They're all in- I have to say that, that I'm totally impressed with, uh, you know, all of our writers are doing a great job. But uh, in particular, the folks that came on new have just excelled. I, I'm just blown away. Yeah, they're all they're all really good, which we'll talk to we'll talk about when we get to their characters. Um, let's see. What else is going on? Um, oh, here, here's one right now. Ensign Galdar. Yes. Galdar. Who's, who's... Great, great, by the way, Tangelis. You want to go, I like your voice with you, Galdar. You're awesome. Yes. I like Everybody, everybody's done a great job with Galdar's voice. Mm-hmm. They're all, they all have Ferengi down perfectly. Yeah. So good. So good. They all they all have the lobes for it, I think. <laughs> but I think this poor guy is just in the wrong place at the wrong, you know, wrong time. Yeah, I feel bad because, for him. You know, he he wants to get off the starbase. He wants adventure. He wants to join the Arabella crew. Quinn, you know, kind of approved it, and then Eric approved them and gave him a transfer orders. And then all of a sudden, he's an accomplice to agent an agent from uh, Section Thirty One, <laughs> and he comes aboard the ship that way. I mean, uh, I mean, he unfortunately he's going to get you know something's going to have to happen. Well, he doesn't know who who the right. he doesn't. Theron Decon he is. Doesn't. He just knows he was in the bay when it was depressurizing and gets beamed out of there and saved by yeah. Theron. So he's just by association. Yeah, which that that yeah, will that will uh, help him. Because yeah. he's yeah. like I said, unfortunately, it's just it's not the best way to get into the captain's graces by you know teaming up with an agent. But he doesn't know, so yeah, he I'm like sure him. he'll be fine. But uh, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, Commander Eric James, who he's mm-hmm. had a lot of stuff going on with uh, no? yeah. his wife, Una, and um, makes me want to sing the Oompa Loompa song. I don't have any. <laughs> you know idea what it reminds why. me of? You know that little the um, um, blasphemy. I'm going to mention Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, you know, the, the, the droid that delivers <laughs> <laughs> delivers um, Leia and Luke at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not awesome. making fun of Una. It's just the the no, sounds of the name reminds me of that. I'll scene. be I'll be honest though. At first, I didn't. I wasn't real hip on the whole Una thing. But now, as the story's progressed, it's pretty cool. I think it's very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I like the possibilities, and I love the fact that people can't remember. I like the cloaking technology, the surprise reveal in the elevator. And the, had her mixed up. That was great. That was good writing, and it was fun and really interesting exploring the emotions of um, of what that lady must feel like. I feel bad that, for her. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I feel uh, yeah. You know, and, well, and he and he feels bad too. It's just that yes. how do you deal with all these times? It's a crappy temporal, situation. Yes. Yeah. He, it really is all the he way. He just time. needs to man up and break up with her because he knows he's not going to be with her. Yeah, you know. Sad to say, yeah. but I want to know what's going to happen. In these cases, I don't usually recommend separation and divorce. <laughs> yeah, I want those... It is a fictional yeah. story. Yeah, so I can't... <laughs> Throw out the rules for this one yeah. time. I want to know what's going to happen to our uh, alternate universe surreal. Is she going to go with Una? Yes. So does that? We have to. Yeah, she can't stay on. Well, the I knew ship. that, but and we I... talked about her going to that. Yeah. You know, pre uh, yeah, Vulcan. But... 
I was thinking about that. I was like, that's so sad. Just to dump her there. She doesn't know anyone. (laughs) And so, you know, we had to have a reason why, another reason why Una was on the ship. And I thought that would be cool. What if, you know, we both had the idea at the same time. What if Savril, and it's kind of a twist too, because she doesn't like Savril because her her constantly of this, of this woman that her husband is in love with. Well, and that's what plastic surgery (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I also think it's cool is that the surreal can come back at any time. Yes. You know, we're not sending her so far. She's with this this these people that can travel and, mm-hmm. you know, get around the universe fairly quick. And it's she's from the race of people from Voyager, from the Voyager episode where um, oh, yes. uh what's Chicote. his name? Chicote falls, Chicote, in love yeah, with. falls in love with her, but he can never remember yes. her because of yeah. the this ability they have to cause people to forget they, them. Yeah, their short term memory they, they yeah. They can't yeah, stick. But Eric remembers her. He's he's uh, because of his heritage, his Nacine heritage, and then also Savril can be you know the mirror Savril because of her cooperative you know genes. Yeah. They've her, her, and they also have they also yeah. have uh, uh, something that they can inject because I know they did it the yes, kids. Yeah, the kids. So they can, can remember him. So mm-hmm. few people, and, and, and you know, and I still haven't decided if Quinn is going to remember or not, but. Yeah, well, well, but that was a fun scene, the argument scene mm-hmm. in the elevator. That was good. I was, I was having was a lot of fun with that because she would be really annoyed by all of that. Yeah. You know, well, do you know so and so? Do you know so and so? I know. It was like, it was what like, kind of relationship do you have? Yeah. Just segregation. Yeah. Lots of lots of fun stuff. It was fun to bring in the mirror universe story from last season into that. Like, yeah, you, know, you yeah. Very, not very skilled if you're an interrogator. <laughs> yeah, because you got tortured by Decolin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This torture, this torture ensue. Yeah, that's pretty. That was pretty. That cool. was very good. Uh, it got. I, I kept thinking that she's, you know, she's always putting up her hands to, you know, like, 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 like the poor kid that's abused. You know, is always like, oh, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like her character. It's like, are they, It's such a different universe for her. You know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. People are actually nice, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Okay. So there. All right. Who we Next. we covered Eric and yeah. And I'm just going the, through the list yeah. of of character profiles. That's why I'm I'm not I'm not randomly picking these people. I'm just going through. Oh, you, uh, <laughs> keep us uh, nice. still. Uh, we haven't heard from Servril. She's still in the mirror universe. The real. Mm-hmm. Well, no. you could read about you her can, yeah. in Eric in Arya's backstory. Which is fantastic. Yeah, you guys. So does some cool stuff there. Read and we don't read those, unfortunately. So if you do want to mm-hmm. get them, you would have to go to the forums, to the RPG section, to the character profile section, and yeah. then click on the Aria character. Yeah, and it's not that long. No, it's I mean, really cool stuff. We don't have time to post there, so it's not very yeah. long. Uh, okay, next we have uh, uh, Ensign Garrus. Have we heard from Garrus? Lester Garrus. Lester. I know him by Lester, not Garrus. Okay. Sorry. Has he been in? Yeah. Yeah, he's. What's um, he doing? No, I can't he, his mother had contacted. Oh, that's him. right. That's right. You kind of get a little bit of a sense of. We get a little background on him. Yeah, his. She's um, an admiral, I yes. think. She's high up in in the Federation, and she's got kind of this overbearing personality and expectations. No. He has mommy issues. Yes, and that kind of maybe explains why he's decided to. Um, uh, suppress emotion and become like a Vulcan, yeah. even though he's human. Yeah. So, so yeah, he, that's cool. that. He has cool. some very good character moments there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lieutenant Took is obviously on vacation, shore leave with uh, Quinn. So we haven't yeah. heard much from him. 
so are we going to find out what you guys did? Maybe. Not at the time. Right now, I did. A... Do you know? Do you know what you did yet? No. <laughs> but I'm sure I'll make up something. I'm sure you'll be awesome. <laughs> I just wonder if you went hiking or. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, right now, right now, Star Trek is fuming, and he's on a shuttlecraft flying back to the the ship. So Ooh. yeah. Um, so in this case, running on fumes is not is a good not, thing. No. I guess it never... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have uh, Ensign Jacob Maddock. Have we heard from Maddock? Not very much. Yeah, I don't think I've seen much of his storyline. Who writes for uh, Max Fazu? Yeah, right. he may have like posted once or twice, okay. and that's it. And if you're still going to be a part of our RPG, you need to let us know. Yeah, I mean, because at the end just, of seasons, we usually like we we'll people. put people in the A wall yeah. section yeah. if you and, drop. Uh, and obviously, we talk, especially me, understand if you're super busy. Just let us mm-hmm. know. Just drop us a PM uh, on the forums and just say, you know, I've been swamped. I can't do it right now and that's fine that's we're cool with that we'll keep your character around but uh yeah end of seasons we definitely start cleaning house so uh let's see who else do we have we have quinn well he's on shore leave how about ryla let's talk about ryla ah that's a great oh poor ryla she's getting better yeah (laughs) yeah i think she's getting a lot better she's got butterflies in her stomach now instead of a symbiote (laughs) she has butterflies yeah that is true, and she's actually getting used to the name Dret too, which I thought she was going to lose yes. for a while, but it yeah. sounds like she's going to keep it mm-hmm. for now. Yeah, I thought about dip, ditching the name, but Rick brought up a really good point in our joint post, the first one of the season mm-hmm. that we did, where he's he said, "Why don't you keep the name?" You know, it's kind of honor, honor her. Yeah, her. yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, because yeah, there'll be no other Dretts ever. You'll be the last. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that was a cool, a cool. It was mm-hmm. Mar- It was actually Margon that came up with that. <laughs> well, I mean, when we were writing character. it. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure because Margon didn't. You're interchanged with Margon. I'm always Quinn. Yeah, right. I I that's call right. Jim Savril. So that's right. No problem, Nathan. Don't worry about <laughs> I like it. That. I like that you do that. We're all interconnected. We all know who we're talking about when we talk. And people think we're nuts, but it's hey, okay. We're not. Okay, we're talking to each other. That's right. Okay, other people think. That's right. Um, so yeah, so Ryla, she went from being devastated to slowly recovering to mm-hmm. kind of starting a romance and falling in love. Not sure. To giving birth to uh, or not or being the birth, uh, giving birth, <laughs> like, <what>? delivering. <laughs> wow, that was babies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she's 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 had a she's busy, busy. Few, yeah busy few days there. Yeah, she. I, I have. I love writing for Ryla because it's. It's just so much easier. Savril's so uptight. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's Ryla's and a lot more fun loving. Ryla's jovial and fun yeah. and yeah. and it's and uh quirky and she has a lot of really good uh, um clever things to say, which I have fun writing. Yeah. So yeah, I like writing for her. And yeah, she I didn't know exactly how I was going to make her better, but I knew that she had to be better because I would not like writing a depressed yeah. a, you know, character forever. So, um, so but what's, but, but, what's been, <laughs> but what's been nice is that it hasn't been in your face. It's been a slow process of her. Yeah, I don't, I still don't think she's she's not fully recovered yet. But still, no, it's a nice slow process. It's not like you're throwing mm-hmm. stuff well, out there see. saying, "Oh, she's happy now. Oh, she's sad." I love the fact that she has something else to concentrate yes. on, and I think it, 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 that's real life for all of us. If we have something to good to concentrate you. on, it takes the sting out of the stuff that happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. and I, I love that. Her character becomes so much more relatable. Yeah. And way. you guys, you and uh, Wraith, 1701, have just been writing some really great stuff. 
Thanks. Yeah, he's a lot of fun to write yeah, with. Yeah, Skaton and Ryla on their uh, fighting date. Not not <laughs> date on the holodeck. No, that was just the, like a train. I know, session. but there was sparks flying yeah. still. There, in more ways than one. <laughs> and then their non-date dinner. Uh-huh. Very nice, and I loved all the writing on that. And then your reading of it, of course. With all the Thanks. Klingon terminology for the food, I'm like that was. Hard. I'm like, oh my god, I, who researched all this? I found out that Ray wrote that part, right? Yeah, he that's wrote that unbelievable. Part. I'm like, he had to. Jock. That sounds real. I'm, I'm assuming he, blood pie. I assume he he investigated all this. He's yes. talking about and that's important to make taste things... and and yeah. I was like, oh my god, so detailed. We did we did a lot of research on a lot of it, like when we were describing the the arboretum yeah. area. Yeah. The um, trees that I described yeah. with the canopy with the different leaves, that was a tree um, that they – you remember the, the episode where Riker meets this woman or this uh, alien species who's not a woman and she's not a man yes. but she wants to yes. be? That was something that she mentioned, okay. the trees and her planet. And we found like you know different like I think Star StarTrek.com and uh, Alpha Memory or Memory Alpha. Yeah. Those those websites have, are a great resource for anything you can think of that you want to write about that appears in the Star Trek. It just Trek enriches universe. the story when you're when you're keeping within the Star Trek universe. You know, it's yeah. so good. It was such. It was so fun to listen to. Thanks. Yeah. So yes, I really enjoyed. Yeah. It. So Ryla's been yeah doing great stuff. So we look forward to seeing her continue to recover slowly, and we'll see where her relationship goes with Katong. Because I don't even think you guys know where it's going really. No, just kind of playing we'll, it yeah, by ear. Yeah. Seeing if it'll work out like, you know, friends first. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, we were thinking, we've had a lot of conversations off, you know, you know, on emails yeah. about how they, the two of them should react. And, yeah. And Catan's like this type of person who falls in love really quickly. <laughs> if you've read any of the stories from the past seasons, there have been several women that he's yeah. had thoughts yeah. for. But in season five, this little thing that's going on now between him and Ryla kind of started between with just a look and and they're working together on discovering how the virus began and who started it and all that so this isn't just something that came up no, this has been um, going on for five seasons yeah or then four seasons the season before yeah. last she died he was coming back from the planet with that the um uh the towel the towel yeah. that she were writing about yeah so that that didn't just appear. It's something that's been in other that's stories. That's what's great about it. Cool. Yeah, it's that it spans over four seasons, this relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's very cool. Uh, so yeah. speaking of Catan, his his whole storyline, I think, has been pretty much Ryla. Just helping Ryla recover, teaching her how to fight, and then having dinner with her. And I don't... Mm-hmm. Well, I liked that he had an opportunity to describe his backstory. More. Oh, that's right. Because... That's the, right. He had a violent backstory. His mom, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His mom is awesome. Sounds like an awesome lady. <laughs> <laughs> it was his 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 um lost love, Kilara. Her mother. Oh, is that the mom that that was yes. okay? Now, see, I thought it was his she mom. She did not want them together. She did not want them together because he was human. But in she, they never said he was human. He just looked like the Klingons that looked. That's human. right. Yeah. Which I love that sub- aspect that he brought that in there. Structure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and that that is something that he mentioned in season five also, Clara, just in a passing conversation, which you'll probably hear about in the audio drama. But um, you can also read about it in his profile because it's in in there too. So that, again, is not something that just sprang up. It's something he got to actually describe in more detail. 
So, and that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to use that scene of them together to, to help him like talk about that, you know, write about that backstory and do character development. Very nice stuff. Uh, Let's talk about the Petersons, uh, Miala and uh, Casey. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're they're on shore leave at a little cabin. Yep. They're enjoying. Uh, was that what's the name of that eating, planet? Eating I I named it. And I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, you named it. I, I know. know. <laughs> it's uh, it's Otus. Oh, oh shoot. It's not Dialux Four. Or... Not very many people. No. Yeah. Not many. I I think it's just Quinn and uh, Nick and uh, Miala and mm-hmm. Casey. Peterson. Yeah. But um. Yeah. It's a real planet in the universe. I looked it up. And, oh, is oh it? yeah, it's a real planet. It's okay. next to that starbase that the starbase we're at. Okay. It's really four sixty. Yeah, it's a real planet wow. that's close to it. I'm so and impressed. It's, it's a it's a forest planet. There's nothing but forests on it. So everything I described is true. Awesome. Yeah. Again, a little research makes it more realistic. Yes. So, but um, yeah. So they've been busy. They're just on vacation. So they've been enjoying. Even though it's kind of nice because Peterson uh, Casey is actually having mm-hmm. kind of a identity crisis trying to deal little, little, little yeah down. trying to deal with the whole past of the Borg and so yeah. I, I, hopefully he'll continue to develop that a little bit to see well he's probably reading Margon's book and that's helping yeah <laughs> what's the name of Margon's um, book yeah <laughs> counseling in the stars oh going back to how to make the most out of your space journey going back to uh, Eric we didn't talk about him sitting down with all of the chiefs the, all the head, yeah, and doing interviews yeah. with him, which I thought was really cool because it was really well. He was really a great way. That was awesome. I loved. Yeah, that. and he also, they, um, and we also forgot to mention the whole building competition. That, mm-hmm. that I don't know if that's going to happen now. No. Yeah, I mean they may have to just cancel it because of the whole section thirty-one yeah. on the ship. Um, I just don't think we have time to develop that story. But uh, and poor, poor Eric. Going back to that whole story about you know the the the. Um, uh, interviews he was doing with each of the yeah. apartment heads. Yeah. He is now being kind of like written as a total jerk, <laughs> you know, power tripping <laughs> jerk. And, and, but I think that's kind of part of um, Chris's plan was just to give him something like, he's always been this kind of like very formal, very um, even keeled person. Mm-hmm. And, and now that um, all this stuff with his wife is coming up and the memories that he remembered, you know, with Savril's in the past and all that, he's starting to get back some of the character that he had back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. So he's always described him kind of like a, a Kirk type person. Yeah, yeah. And so Kirk can be kind of a jerk sometimes too, you know. Kirk and, is a jerk. Yes. <laughs> Remember that little so, yeah, anime He really series? ticked off Ryla at one point. In the interview, so and then also Katon. Well, just so. just wait till Quinn gets a hold of them. So yeah, <laughs> we'll knock him back into place. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. He's doing a, he's doing the best he can. <laughs> that and having a wife that disappears whenever she wants to. Go yeah, on. yeah. Uh, let's see who else we have. We have uh, Spring Mackie Farmer, and she's hmm? pretty much been like a foil to Ryla. Um, she was there at the party helping her. Yeah. She's just been a friend, yeah. friend of Ryla. Yeah. And then she was there at the birth to help Cyril. Yes. So, mm-hmm. which I thought was great because just it was nice. I love that she can, you know, give off those scents to kind of calm people. Yes. And-, and we kind of tied that back in because in the first post that she goes and visits Ryla, you know, in the beginning of the season. Yeah. And Ryla says, hey, do you think you could do that with, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The- That's right. Yeah, because she wanted to help her. So I'm thinking about, I've talked to, to Desi about it. And um, whenever, if 
this clinic that that Eric James proposed yes. get started yes. that um, Spring may be helping I think Ryla idea. in the clinic. Yeah. That'd so. be very cool. Yeah, because she has a calming effect. If she can just give mm-hmm. off something to calm people yeah. without giving them a hypo spray or something, that's really cool. Right. So I think that would be a, a nice avenue for her character to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We haven't really heard much from Rory other than she's taking care of the kids because Dennis mm-hmm. is still offline. She had like a run-in with Katan or no, Karath. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, Judan, what's going on with Judan? Kind of, uh, well, not a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was. But uh, <laughs> I know where he's gonna. What's gonna? Okay, happen well, the last that. one we saw of him, he was impersonating Brex. Yes, he had. A, he was using a holographic masking device, as well as being contacted by someone using one of similar. Yeah. Things. And and now, of course, we know that uh, up till this point, Margon now is concerned because there's an operative from the Orion Syndicate on the sta- on the ship doing repair and maintenance, but <laughs> at the same time. I forgot about uh, me too. I'm like, he's, really? Yeah, he's he's threatening Margon, and Margon doesn't know who to go talk to. So he's got to clear it up with Jadan because he thinks that Jadan might be able to help him. Well, Jadan will be able to help him, but it's going to reveal what's really going on. All right. On. Well, we look forward to that. I just haven't had time to write it. I'm so sorry. That's fine. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. So I know where it is yeah. in my head. If you could just uh, get into you my You can carry it on to another season, oh, definitely. too. That's, well, you know, we could do a Vulcan mind meld real quick, and you guys could just hear it. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. My mind. Here, let's do it. Ready? My mind to your mind. My mind to your mind. My thoughts to your thoughts. There there you go. Okay. Are you okay? Wait a minute. Cheeseburger. (laughs) What? What? I'm sorry. I'm hungry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're almost done. Let's talk about uh, Zerem. Zerem. Has he done anything? I'm not sure if Rico's written lately. Just a, one or two posts about he and... Um, that's right, she's pregnant. His, uh, yeah, Maria. His mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... How to solve a problem like Maria. <laughs> and at some point, she's going to have to come see Ryla, I'm yes, sure. Yes, which is kind of nice. Because, no, you know, these people have to keep having babies so Ryla can stay in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. And then she's, she's human. She's yeah, she's human. She's human, and he's Andorian, so we're going to have a... Really cool looking baby. I think so. Yeah, it's going to be cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so, I, will it have antennas, do you think? Possibly. Maybe there'll be pink That's skin. Pink skin antennas. Oh, what, there'll be pink be skin. Cool. Yeah. Be... We've seen white Andorians and blue Andorians, but wouldn't it be awesome if they had a flesh colored, <laughs> like a human flesh color? I think that's cool. And hair color? Yeah. That cool. yeah antennas? Cool. Something for your artwork, Jen. Yeah. So, um,. And do the baby Andorians have antennas right off the bat, or do they grow? I have no idea. They probably, I would assume they, they would have the antennas. Yeah. Maybe small ones, but they would have them. Well, like, you know, because cows don't have horns when they're born. Yeah. That would hurt. That would definitely <laughs> hurt. Ooh, let's not go there. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Counselor Margon. Again, he's kind of MIA at the moment. He's, yeah, he's MIA, but he's coming. he's coming back. All right, what was the last thing he did? He was he dealing with was that, that intruder, or the yeah. Well, he had a meeting with uh, his XO. Yes. Oh, that's right. And and then he was on his way to find Brex, not Brex, but Jadan. to find Jadan. Yes. And that's where we. Left okay. Off. Cool. Um, and then our last person we're going to talk about. Let's talk about Chief Engineer Karath, who hasn't done a whole lot. I think he's been on vacation. He's on shore leave. Yeah. He's just he went to DC and yeah. He had the meeting. Ran with- a marathon. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Brian. I'm sorry. 
No, he he had a meeting with Eric. Yeah, James. he did have his meeting with Eric James, but also he, I think he did some more rock climbing, and he's just enjoying his mm-hmm. time off. So mm-hmm. not a whole lot going on. Yeah, so I think that's it for our, all of our main characters. Lots of well, what about yes. we were missing some new ones? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I went course. right by it. Sorry about that. Yes, yes. I read Daria Shane. Daria Shane is mm-hmm. next. His pose crack me up. <laughs> well, and you notice that when I read them, I crack up. And yes. you notice that because they're fun. They're fun. Yeah. How did I miss? He's just kind of a he's a little bit of a gruff dude. Yeah, he's gonna be a, a rule breaker and doesn't yeah. follow the rules too well. He's a heartbreaker, <laughs> dream maker. Yeah. So <laughs> we, I, I, I foresee some issues with this character in the future. Quinn's gonna have a run in with him. Good. I think he's having a good. I mean, the last post I read, he was, you know, the the reading that um, Rick did that he was laughing about. He was trying to understand what it was about himself that people found so off putting, and he didn't right. like that he was like that. Okay, so, well, maybe, maybe we'll see some changes. Yeah, at least that's my yeah. He has a uh, he's an older ensign, which is part of this problem. I yeah. think. Yeah. You know, he hasn't been promoted right away, and. And um, he probably a lot of the officers are younger than him, and he maybe have has a little bit of an issue with uh, officers. On his shoulder. Above yeah, him. yeah. Remember Cedric Tain, the Orion. I do. Um, yes. That's, he had a similar yes. um, personality, yeah. but he turned out okay. He did. So yeah, I think all which, the when when they first come to us with their profiles, I think all these characters have been like kind of bad or not following the rules. I kind of miss and then some of and then they all kind of tame you know calm down a little bit and get their yeah. characters a little bit better. So mm-hmm. yeah. What were you saying about? I just miss, I miss um, Duffster writing. Yeah, I've tried to write to him and just find out if he's is okay. He, Nothing. Yeah, yeah, he's I, on my Facebook, so we talk once in a while. I just oh really? I, yeah, I dig that guy. He's cool. Cool. All right. So then, just tell him I said hi. <laughs> I, I we have uh, was it Syrah? Syrah. Uh, Syrah. Yeah. She's our uh, afterburner mm-hmm. hostess. Yes. Who uh, she hasn't been in anything lately, just because she the Orion. She's the Orion, yeah. Case, case yes. character. She's half Orion, half Orion, half, half human. human. Yeah. Yeah, but very green. And um, yeah, we had Casey and I were going to do another joint post um, at some yeah. point, so she'll probably make another yeah um, appearance. But Casey's a, a college student. And yeah. But she, and that's what's great about her character is that she's not key to mm-hmm. anything, you know, other than. When we go to the afterburner, she's she's yeah. normally there singing or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. We did a joint post with Desi, which was great. Yeah, it was so much yeah. fun, and it's it was another one of those situations where, uh, you know how Mira Sabril is annoyed by Una. Well, <laughs> Ryla was annoyed by Sira because she's so just she's, uh, very she there she just doesn't keep anything on the inside. Everything just comes right. out, you know, yeah. and yep. just whatever she's thinking. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Would well, be it would be really fun to write something with um, with Casey's character Jadan as her boss, and and then the whole idea of of the Orion Syndicate being involved and stuff. And exactly, it would be, it would be interesting to see yeah. how her character would react to that because I wouldn't believe that she'd be too thrilled about Maybe it. Maybe her mother is involved in some way. Oh, uh, wouldn't that be cool? Her mother is a part of the Orion Syndicate. That's right. They, she left yeah. her father to join it. So, so many possibilities. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll have to talk. Call <laughs> 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 me. All right. Have my people call your so, people. We'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> At the afterbirth. All right. So I think that's it. Those are, seem to be the 
That was fun. I hope we got everybody. If we missed anybody, yeah. please forgive us. I think because... we got the majority of the people. Kenny's the organizer. Sorry, yeah, blame me. Blame me. I'm just, I don't know how I skipped those two, but yeah, so we got. I think we got everybody. At least everyone who's been, that I can think of, that's been, you know, posting recently. Great. All right, cool. So um, let's go ahead and move on to our final thoughts. Command codes verified. Activating final thoughts. I just wanted to talk about briefly about the ready room, um, as there has been a discussion as to our format, style, and uh, stuff like that. On the, th- on the forum, yes. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, everybody, for your input. I think yes. that's great. Oh yeah, I mean, there's been some. We didn't realize. I mean, opinion. I, guess- I didn't think when I when I posted it up, all I was asking about was the no, no giving people's you know credit for writing and reading in mm-hmm. post. That's right. all I asked, and then all of a sudden it turned into this huge conversation Discussion. about yeah about. Uh, which is great because it says that people are listening and they enjoy Well, they the, care the enough podcast. about it, yeah, that, they, that yeah. They, you know, they all have opinions about how this podcast should be strung out. Um, mm-hmm. But what we... I feel strung out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are definitely going to continue to do the no, as you heard from uh, these past post readings. We're going to do the no uh, credit to people Until in between. Yeah, we'll, at the very end, we'll, we'll thank everyone who read and who wrote. And um, well, there there was discussion on whether we would have discussions like this, or just go with readings, or would we alternate uh, alternate yes. between the two? And yeah, we really, I don't know. What is your guys' opinion? I just, on? I think had anybody kind of chime. Yeah, in? what I think is, I mean, I like, I love the readings. We're not never going to get rid of the readings because that's part that's mm-hmm. evolved into our show. Um, we'll try to discuss as much as we can. So what what that means is the readings will take priority. So if there's a lot, if there's of, a lot readings, of readings, then unfortunately quick. we won't be able to talk that much. But there are some weeks, you know, some podcasts when we only have seven, eight readings. Exactly. You know, and then we can discuss for 45 minutes. Then we can hoop it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think that we just have to find it will never be a nice balance. It's always going to be lots mm-hmm. of readings or lots of talking. But I think we'll be able to give you guys a little bit of both. And there will be times when we don't talk at all and that we just want to get all the readings out just because right. we're either busy and we don't have time to get together right. to talk. So yeah. I, guess, I guess the answer is, hey, everybody be flexible with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean. We, we definitely want to bring you something that you enjoy and that brings you the information you want, entertains and everything. But at the same time, we don't want to um, – we don't, you know, we don't want to do something that people wouldn't listen to. Yeah. So just give us a little f- flexibility and from week to week to see what we can yeah. do. Yeah, and also Jen brought up a good point on the forum. She posted this, that it would be great to get feedback from you guys, like really X. voice, you know, voice feedback would be great. Or even emails we can read. Yeah, I mean, it don't, would help don't. spark conversation because when, I mean, it, we can just talk all we want about characters, yeah. but it's always our perspective. Yes. It would be yeah. nice if people who are listening who love the story could tell us what they think yes. and then we yeah. can comment on that. So that would be really, really appreciated. Like we got a comment this week. I think that we're going to play. Don't yes. I'll play. I'll play that right now from who's it from, it's from, from just from, X Chris. That's right. From Chris. Yeah. And it was great. It's a great comment. So. Okay. So I'm going to play that now. Priority one message from listener coming in on secured channel. Hi guys. This is Chris just X on the forum. I was sending you a little voice message over my phone to let you know how much I've really been enjoying the Red Room podcast and all the hard work that the three of you have been putting into it. Keep up the good work, and I can't wait to hear the next readings and 
the insights that you three bring to the RPG. Thanks. Thank you, Chris, for that. That was very nice. Very nice of you, yes. yes. It encourages us to keep going. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like the Energizer Bunny, we just keep going. Going and going. going. Yes. And writing and writing. <laughs> Yeah. So we, the conversation, like we we don't want to mislead anyone that's listening that doesn't uh, frequent the forum, but the conversation had on the boards was so positive. It was positive. Oh, yes. And it was just a bunch of ideas on how we could um, make this, uh, you know, cu- customize this show to be uh, both commentary and post post readings yes. because right. they don't. No one wants to get rid of the post readings, but nobody wants to give up the commentary yes. either. So we're just trying to. And we, you know, and, and, and we are limited yeah. on our time. So exactly because and there's no way for us. We are the microcast. We can't have another microcast. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> that was a that was a um, welcome to Trixie's. Oh yeah, suggestion was to do like midweek ready room. Yeah, like a, a, like a midweek commentary on the previous post readings. Which, I mean, you know, the three of us are so busy with everything. I don't know how we could ever do it. I, yeah, I mean, we barely can have time to do one ready room a week rather than, you know, let alone two. I, I got an idea. Somebody out there just pay us our salary and we'll just do them all. Oh, the I'm all for that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we could be professional <laughs> podcasters. There you go. Like That's that. right. That was very nice. Yeah. But so, yeah, so we're, we're still working on it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll give you a little of each. We'll do what we can. And can I say that, that I think that it's really it's it was flattering to know that you guys really like what we how we interact. I thought that was cool. I, yes, I didn't realize yes, how much exactly. people liked it. And that just I don't know. I just brought a smile to my face and it made me feel good that, that you guys really enjoy our band. They like us. They really like us. <laughs> they like me. I've been saying it in front of the mirror for weeks and it finally came true. <laughs> That's what was like. <laughs> That's awesome. So, a little nod to uh, Saturday Night Live there. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Oh, he was um, something smiley. Yeah, or... something smiley. Yeah. Stuart Smiley. Is that Stuart? His name? I don't. Uh, I don't, I don't remember. remember. Yeah, that was funny. Um, so yeah, so so just bear with us. We'll we'll continue to give you commentary and post readings uh, mm-hmm. every week. Yeah, you can have your cake and eat it. There too. you go. Well, can I give an update on the uh, second part of Boldly? Of course. Please, please, yes. please, please. Uh, that's coming down the pike. It should be out, if not the end of April, then the beginning of May. Um, getting a lot of help. Um, I have basically all of the readings were done last year by a bunch of actors. But um, as I put these things together, I realized, you know, that scene would be sound much better if there was a conversation being had in the background by some extras or whatever. And and so I've had a bunch of people just ask to be a part of it um, that are recording that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And then I also had um, some people, some friends of mine from the um, Galactic Senate um, forums which is uh, a part of the network that Anomaly is a part of. It does a lot of Star Wars audio dramas, and uh, some of them have been helping with um, the audio drama. The man that plays um, Dr. Peterson is Nathan P. Butler. He's from there. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl, the woman who plays Arya is Silas Carter. Um, that's her stage name. I can't tell you what her real name <laughs> is. But she's from there. Wow, and, that's cool. Very nice. And her husband and Joe Harrison, they're going to be in it too. So, And I know that Dev is from that board. Um, and if you want to do some background stuff, give me a uh, shout. Very cool. On, on the well, Trucks and Sci-Fi well, So anyway, well, and, that's coming and down then, the 
And then everybody just has to pray that the guy doing the music gets his act. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing I was going to say. We we're going to try something different. I don't know. Um, I think that I want to play some more. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You'll have to cut out this mumbling mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> some music that that compliment that doesn't overpower our voices um, right. in some of the scenes. And yeah. so I'm putting it all together without music and I'm going to send it to Rick so he can listen to each scene and, and decide whether it needs music or not. Nice. Cause some of right. them I don't think may need music at yeah. all. Right. So, um, anyway, I and thought I'm that actually, was... my, no, I'm, I'm, I probably haven't talked to you about this, but my thoughts are, <laughs> I've done this for some other things that they send me the entire scene. I listen to it and I'll just experiment and I'll play mm-hmm. with the ideas and then I'll just shut the scene off and then compose the song. And then I plug it in and if it works great, if it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we're going to try some new awesome. things. Awesome. Well, we're, we're really looking forward to part two. Yeah. This part one was so It's going to be the all heavy metal. Um, oh. There may need to be something like that in the background on five in five forward. There you go. Right so. on! Oh, sorry. She wasn't there yet, was she? No, she wasn't. Uh, oh, yes, she was. She yes, was. She was. Yes, that was she the was. first season she ever appeared yeah. in. So. I, could, I could see it now. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Argon, dead. <laughs> oh, wait, it wasn't Argon, it was Breck. Oh. All right, so um, it's time to thank our writers who wrote for this past section. We have Meds. Fantastic job. You guys going to say anything? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> Are you guys, did you just want me to read through them and then you guys. I don't, he sucked. I didn't like it Worst writer <laughs> ever. I have never heard anything so disgusting in my life. Oh. <laughs> Pull the man's credentials. Oh, okay. I'll start again. Okay, start yes. over. <clears throat> oh. uh, feathers. <laughs> we have Iceman, Wraith1701, Just X, In Stitches, Jen, and that's it. Those are all of our writers for this past 10 podcasts or 10 uh, posts. Great. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank, Good thank writing. <laughs> <laughs> this is going so well. I I just wanted to say that every time we do a season, the people that have either joined in or have been writing with us all along, it seems like we get tighter in, in our ability to write together yeah. and anticipating transitions to next scenes and, you know, things like that. Yeah. And, so it's been a lot of Great fun. Stuff. And then I also want to thank the readers for the, the post that we just listened to. We have mm-hmm. Jen, Moyer777, Dangelus, Meds, Billy Bob. Those are our readers. So, great job, everybody. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> like I'm fucking so in the air. I know what happened. I, I don't know what to expect. Need some direction. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> when I say a person's name, you say yay, when I good say job. Name, you say yay. When I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know if we should hold our applause. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought we were going to do... If you applaud after every one, it'll take forever. I thought, well, so. I thought you were going to... It's not take forever. There's like only six people. I'm joking. I was just thinking like... <laughs> 300 people go up and everybody claps. I know. And only half... You know, just a, one, the person that claps the entire time has raw hands by the end. Uh-huh. So. 
and and they always tell people to wait until the end of That's the graduation right. before you leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so so now I, and then I want to thank all of the readers who actually read those posts for this uh, Ready Room podcast. That would be Jen Moyer seven seven seven, Dangelus Meds, and Billy Bob. Hey. Thanks, guys, for being. We couldn't do it without you guys, writers hey. and readers. You're all great. Very much so. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't even say anything. That, that'll work. That'll work. Oh, okay, that's done. Are we done? All right, let's just end the show. All right. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this week's The Ready Room. This is Kenny. And this is Rick. This is Jen. Hailing frequencies closed. The Ready Room theme and other RPG music was composed by Rick Moyer. All other music was obtained through the PodSafe Music Network. Read more about the adventures of the USS Arabella at treksandsci-fi.com. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. After listening to this great podcast, why don't you turn into our podcast? Knights of the Guild. The official fan podcast for the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2. As well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! (laughs) Hi, I'm Rick Moyer, and I want to tell you about my brand new podcast. It's called Take Him With You. Every week I talk about what's going on in my geeky little world of television, music, and in my faith. My hope is that in a world that can sometimes be really depressing, for at least a few moments you can be encouraged and smile a bit. So come check it out. www.takehimwithyou.com The weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. I'd love to have you listen. Thanks. How cool is this podcast? That means that you, excellent people who are listening to this cool podcast, are even more cooler. How cool is that? So once you finish listening to this podcast, why don't you come over to our podcast and give us a go? We're called Waffle On. You can find us on iTunes. Simply type in Waffle On. Or go to our webpage and you'll find us at http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com. We do TV. We talk about classic TV from 1960 to 1990. You'll find everything here, from sci-fi to comedy, from drama to thriller. Come and check us out. We're called Waffle On. (laughs) No, I don't think he likes you at all. (laughs) No, I don't like you either. (laughs) I love that. That is so great. That's good writing. Yes, because... It's not much dialogue. And because <clears throat> George Lucas didn't write all the <coughs> dialogue. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. 